Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to my little corner of the internet. You have found me at Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Thursday, July 29th. Today, I'm going to answer your questions, and we're going to continue to read some headlines. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. Before I get started, I want to remind you that I am, in fact, going to be at uh, Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities this Saturday at 8.30 a.m. And you guys can come on out. And I hope, I mean, goodness, we need to pray, right? Can Are you guys with me on this? We need to pray. Also want to remind you that we are uh, doing a wonderful study at MomStrong International right now called Beautiful Lies. The guest teacher this month is my friend and author and speaker, Jennifer Strickland. And uh, we are just watching the Lord do some amazing work through that study there this month. So check it out. This is a great way for you to study God's word, to understand how to apply it to your life. And if there was ever a time that we needed to do that, the time is right now. It really is. It's right now. I want to give a shout out really quickly to Cora Wiki from Pennsylvania. Cora is a supporter of this show. Thank you so much, Cora, for that. We really appreciate it. Everyone who is supporting this ministry financially, you guys are a blessing to us. And I want you to know that we that we notice every single one of those. We are so thankful for you and for what God is doing. And so uh, thank you for that. Thank you for just coming alongside us and for letting the Lord use you that way. It really is an encouragement to us. A couple of things before I jump into your questions. You know, yesterday I spent the whole day talking about the headlines and and frankly, I could do it again Uh, because the headlines just, they just, uh, they just keep right on. They keep right on coming. Uh, But couple of things that are you guys are going to start to see as this thing plays out. And I've been saying this for a long time. And I think, unfortunately, my predictions about this um, almost Soviet style, really what we're dealing with now is uh, a Marxist takeover. And I keep hearing people talk about, you know, fascism. You guys should really, I'm going to, I'm going to do a whole podcast on it. And then I want you to look around and tell me what's happening in the culture right now. But I read something off of PJ Media. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Uh, Governor DeSantis has replied to the CDC. And he said, and I quote, we believe parents can make decisions about their child's health and safety, which is why we think parents can make the decision about whether the kids should be wearing masks in school. So on Monday, so just a few days ago, DeSantis told attendees at a roundtable, quote, I think our fear is that seeing some of those rumblings that there might be an attempt from the federal level or even some of these organizations to try and push mandatory masking of school children. And so our view is that this should absolutely not be imposed. It should not be mandated. Resident Biden sniped at a reporter who asked whether the federal government will require all employees to be vaccinated. Quote, this is what, this is what your president said. Deep breath, Heidi. That's under consideration right now. But if you're not vaccinated, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. This is our president. The president said that on Thursday, he will lay out, quote, next steps to push more Americans to get vaccinated. He said that by following the science and doing our part by getting vaccinated, America can beat COVID. In the meantime, more vaccinations and mask wearing in areas most impacted by the Delta variant will enable us to avoid the kind of lockdown, shutdown, school closures, and disruptions we faced in 2020. Unlike 2020, we have both scientific knowledge and the tools to prevent the spread of this disease. We're not going back to that. 
except for we will. The science is not on their side, and it's it's a shame. And we've got people in leadership. You guys, the Bible is so was so right on about this, right? The Bible said that when wicked people are in power, the people the people suffer, and that's exactly what's happening right now. That's exactly what's happening in Washington State. You guys heard we just enacted a bunch of police reforms that look like Black Lives Matter protesters wrote them. And uh, they're based on some of the biggest whoppers told about recent high-profile involved deaths. And police say that the new laws will leave people less safe. Uh, Because they will. The package of laws which were signed into law two months ago went into effect this last Sunday. And it's left the police uh, confused about how to handle certain crimes. But when things clear, criminals are going to be held less accountable. That's for absolute sure. The new state, the new laws state that police must have a higher standard, probable cause to arrest or detain a suspected bad guy instead of using their spidey senses, reading the situation or putting two and two together at a crime scene. So now they basically need an eyewitness to see the crimes themselves in order to detain a suspect. So they've gotten rid of reasonable suspicion. This is madness. Uh, They can't use physical force to detain detain someone, according to the confusing new laws, which were written mostly by a freshman Democrat legislator. You guys, the Democrats are, wait for it, dangerous. Hashtag Democrats are dangerous. The laws banished no-knock warrants, which Black Lives Matter claimed led to the death of Breonna Taylor. Police and neighbors report that indeed police did knock on her door which is why her boyfriend got the first shot at the police and then burst in to arrest him for dealing drugs. The laws forbid the use of neck restraints and chokeholds, which allow the police to subdue suspected bad guys without having to resort to tasers or lethal force. The Chaz rioters, you guys remember Chaz in Seattle? Such a joke. And the Black Lives Matter protesters and rioters, they also wanted the cops to stop using tear gas against them. And so now that riot-controlled method is curtailed. Rioters also wanted the demilitarization of the police, so now cops can't use, quote, military rifles that fire 50 caliber rounds. The result is the cops can't use these rifles to shoot less lethal beanbag rounds. The Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs said in a statement that reimagining law enforcement might sound nice, but lawmakers haven't prepared for it. The police chief in Kent, Washington, Rafael Padilla, told the news, quote, the challenge is, I'm going to be very frank, the laws are written very poorly. And the combination of them all at the same time has led to there being conflicts and clarity in what was intended versus what was written. There's a shocker. Listen, nobody wants the cops picking people off without due process. People want the police to respond proportionately to the crime that's being alleged. What they don't want is cops not showing up or letting the bad guys go, which is exactly what's going to happen under these new laws. Dead bodies are increasing because bad guys aren't being taken off the street. And Washington Democrats, including Jay Inslee, have just assured us that the body count will go higher from here on out. That's out of PJ Media. And uh, I will link back to it in the show notes today. You guys, watch what's happening. Get off the bench. Get onto the battlefield. The Democrats are dangerous. They do not care about this country. This is about ushering in chaos. One has to wonder, you know, I was talking to some friends of mine who were in the police force the other day. One has to wonder when things get really bad. I mean, look at the crime rate in Portland, Oregon, you guys. Just look it up. One has to wonder when things get really, really bad, if the if these criminal governors are going to go, oh my goodness, state of emergency, and now we're going to have a state police. 
Is Am I the only one who sees that this is going that direction? I mean, I tell you what, you guys, this is why we study history and why the schools have taken it out of history of, of their curriculum and have tried to rewrite it because those who don't learn from history are destined to repeat it. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read your question. Heidi, what can seniors do to help? That is a great question. First thing you got to do is start getting vocal. Um, If you can show up to your city council meetings, do it. Start, uh, you know, writing down what you know. One thing that I know about seniors for sure is you guys have more time on your hands, right? So start doing your homework. I thought it was really interesting, you know, around here we're um, we're voting for superintendents and things like that right now. Well, the voter guides are garbage because they don't require for a lot of these positions, they're supposed to be, quote, nonpartisan, except for we all know the dirty little secret that is nobody is nonpartisan. And so would be really great is for some of you who are listening who love to do research, find out who's running in your area and actually find out what their partisan background is. And you guys could make those lists available. You could print them up. You could hand them out to your neighbors. Hey, let me give you a handy dandy real voter's guide. I just think, I mean, to me, that'd be amazing. Here's the next one. Are they using pronouns for genders to make people lose identity to be easier to become communist and love the state instead of God? Uh, That's definitely part of it. You guys heard me talking about this with my friend Bill Jack on Monday, right? Words matter. This idea that, you know, people get to choose their pronouns. What a bunch of garbage this is. I told you that is how I uh, decide which emails I will and won't answer. You guys have been hearing me talk about the Institute for Excellence in Writing. And if you haven't had an opportunity to check them out, I'm going to encourage you to do it. Uh, Their mission is to equip teachers and teach parents the methods that are going to help their children be successful and competent and confident communicators and thinkers. IEW uses the four language arts, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And their methods have been proven to be effective for students for all ages and all levels of ability, including those who are gifted, have special needs, or are English language learners. Check it out at IEW.com. Somebody emails me and they say, you know, Heidi, I want you to have so-and-so on your show, blah, 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 blah. My pronouns are eh, round file. I don't talk to people who are not rooted in reality. We have been created male and female. There is no third gender. You cannot change your gender. And so, yes, uh, you know, and, and on, if I could be so bold as to say the masks, categorizing us now into into vaccinated versus unvaccinated, getting rid of our pronouns. This has so much all of it to do with our identity and people should be very, very alarmed by what's happening. Has the media overestimated or underestimated the level of violence experienced in Portland and Seattle over the last year or so? Absolutely underestimated. Listen, I'm from Portland. I used to love to go to Portland. I've lived in Washington State now for a very long time, but I grew up in Portland. I've been in 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 Washington State for the last probably 22 years and in CD3, no, probably 25 years and in CD3 for about 20 years, a little less than that. And uh, I don't go to Portland anymore unless I got to get on an airplane. And even then I got to cringe. There are stabbings in Portland on the regular now. The crime has skyrocketed there. Why? Because of bad leadership. And unless and until, and you guys, it's rough. I mean, you stand up to, to become a leader and I promise you, watch what's happening to me. They're going to try to ruin your reputation. Even the, the people who are supposed to be on your side because there are wicked people in government from 
basically, and it, it, it's rotten from the bottom up. It's going to have to be routed out from the bottom up and we got our work cut out for us. But uh, they definitely underestimated it. And I promise you uh, that as inflation skyrockets now, we're going to start to see issues with the supply chain. I told you guys a year ago, get your pantries and stuff in order. That's always a good idea. We did that with my family and just took it upon ourselves to make sure that we had food and supplies and we all worked on those things together. And so uh, do that. Probably more important now, I think, well, probably more important now than it's ever been. Heidi, how do you run for office and protect your children, which is your first calling? Well, that's a great question. And uh, we have surrounded ourselves by wonderful people. And our kids, you know, like I told you, we prayed about this with our kids. And so we're trusting the Lord to protect our children as we walk this out in obedience. And that's really what we're doing. And so, yes, are my kids are my first calling and our family is doing this together. You know, if I if I were to worry, and frankly, if all of you, if, if all we do all day long is worry about our own, our own safety, our own this, our own that, and we live with that spirit of fear, then we become subject to it. So I would just be, I would encourage you that way. What advice, encouragement would you give a public school teacher facing critical race theory and the LGBT agenda in the classroom? Well, uh, the first thing I would say to you is you, you this is going to be an uphill battle because these people have a foothold now and they're, they're, they're a nightmare. But I will say this, I, I do, I am seeing some good things. I've seen some progressive Democrats, some moderates, people starting to push back on what can only be called extraordinary excesses of critical race theory to the point that teaching critical race theory, even in big cities, I think you're going to start to see massive pushback. So I would just encourage you, push back. No, I'm not teaching this. It's racist at its core. San Francisco is a great example. There's a wonderful article in PJ Media, and I'll link to it in the show notes today, that says that the wokest of woke cities, San Francisco, is seeing a revolt by parents who don't like seeing their children divided along racial lines and don't support sacrificing excellence in the name of equity and diversity. Citizens in San Francisco are attempting the unprecedented recall of three members of the school board who have all come under fire for some of the most radical policies in America. So the Wall Street Journal said, what has the board done to make itself so unpopular? Consider what it didn't do. San Francisco was one of the last public school systems to reopen. It was so bad. At one point, the city itself sued the school district. Meanwhile, in January, the board found the time to vote to strip 44 public schools of their names, including Abraham Lincoln High and Diane Feinstein Elementary, over alleged complicity in racism or oppression. This was followed by an embarrassing about-face when it emerged how flimsy the criteria were. Alamo Elementary School made the list, even though it was named not for the Texas battle, but for the Spanish word for poplar tree. <laughs> oh dear ouch 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 anyway you're people are just gonna have to stand up and fight back you're gonna have to say nope i'm not teaching that nope not doing that this was not part of my employment this is not what i said i would teach and i'm not gonna do it and it's gonna take courage you guys i'm trying to read this one do you see these things infiltrating private school as well absolutely Absolutely. So if your kids are in the private schools, I want you to check out what's happening with ACSI. You should go to your schools, find out, are they teaching anything about equity? Are they teaching equity and diversity? Are they teaching critical race theory? Are they teaching social emotional learning? Have they adopted comprehensive sex education? I could go on and on and on. 
I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. The kids that are coming out of these schools, we graduate them every year by the hundreds of thousands. These are tomorrow's leaders, you guys. These are the people that if this continues, are going to take this country right over a cliff. And that's what, that's the goal. That's the goal. And so it's absolutely in Christian schools. And I get letters every single week from parents who are like, oh my word, I pay $40,000 a year to have my kid in this elite private school. And guess what? They're teaching them critical race theory. Guess what? They're teaching them that their sex is malleable. This is garbage. It's garbage. How do we challenge or encourage other believers that choose to sit idly by and take the, quote, God is sovereign approach rather than act or get involved? Okay, I call this fatalism. There's two ways that we can look at this. And I know some of you guys are going to be super bummed out at me today, but I, you know, you'll be okay. There's two ways that we can look at this. One way is that you you would call it fatalism, and the other way is cowardice. It has to be one or the other, because to say the whole God is sovereign thing, well, if, if that was the case, then why did Jesus have to do anything? Couldn't God have just fixed it? Why did the apostles give their lives? Why did any of them do anything? Because wasn't God sovereign? You know, God is, of course, God is sovereign over all of it. And if at any moment I keep I keep praying, you know, Lord, can come back. You know, Maranatha, I'm done. Ding, 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 you know. But until the Lord returns or until he takes me home, my responsibility and the responsibility of every Christian listening to this is to get off the bench and onto the battlefield to engage in the war that is happening around you. And the enemy is playing for keeps right now. And so these Christians that say, well, God is sovereign, I just, that argument, it just, it makes me almost physically sick because it tells me that you don't care about the people around you. And it, it's cowardice. And we see this in the pulpits. We see this in our politicians. There are ca- there's coward- It takes an enormous, an enormous amount of courage right now to step out and, and, uh, and draw the fire of these woke politicians and woke pastors. They're going to try to, they, they tr- they're trying, they're going to try to ruin you. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And so don't sit idly by, you know, uh, read what Revelation has to say about cowardice, by the way. Woo, that'll preach. That will preach. I have time for one more. Heidi, non-Christians love their children too. So how does this translate into moderate mainstream voters? Well, I, I believe, yes, and you're absolutely right. I think, I, I do not think any parent, I don't care if you're a Christian or not a Christian, wants the school system to teach your children things that will ultimately turn them against you or turn them against their country or against other students or against other people of different races, right? That should bother us. And so I think that this absolutely translates because people love their children. And uh, believe it or not, I'm meeting a lot of, uh, I would call them, you know, middle of the road, uh, more on the moderate side, uh, Republicans who are horrified at what's going on. And a lot of them were never Trumpers. And they're like, oh my word, we made a mistake. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But we're here now. And so we can't we can't look back. You can't cry over a spilled vote. We're going to have to say, all right, uh, how do we get here and talk about the things that are going to that are bring people together? Our country is on fire. And if that doesn't translate to the to the moderate mainstream voter, then all is lost. And so to me, that's not even a Christian issue. That's an issue of of you know, do you love this country and do you love your kids? And if you do, are you happy with what the Marxists and the Democrat and the today's Democrat party are doing to our country? And I think most people would say no. JFK would not recognize this party. 
the Democrats are dangerous now. And that's all there is, too. We've got more socialists represented in our government in the U.S. Congress right now than ever in the history of the, of the country. That's terrifying. And that's happened on our watch. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. I want to remind you, I'm going to be at Calvary Chapel this weekend in the Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. That event starts at 8.30 in the morning, which makes me think I might just spend the night out there. <laughs> it's a long, that's a long drive for me. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Please be sure to share the show uh, with people who need to be updated and uh, informed on what's happening in the culture, you guys. This is a time for courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or frightened because of them, because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for leaving reviews for us over at iTunes. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.